Hey. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. For those of you who are watching live, it is 6.57 p.m. on the East Coast. Although, who knows? Who knows what time it really is? Who knows how much time they're shaving off the clock every day because all the... Unless you have one of those atomic clocks, right? And that is permanently linked with the the Earth. I don't know. A physics professor told me something like that one year. But uh, the centralization of time is not a good thing. I would not. I would not trust anything that centralizes time. We need to be able to set the clocks ourselves. But welcome to the show. It is now 6:57. If you believe that. So I'm back. Last night was a little bit of a night off. The gig went swimmingly. And now here we are. We're going to be doing tonight, the Friday night show. we got some good guests. I think Matt's coming. He hasn't showed up yet, but he, he might pop up in a little bit. Um, so we got him, Matt, potentially, and also Ping Trip. Ping Trip is coming back on. He is a prolific editor, a comic relief uh, he's a comic relief that the world needs, and you can find his work on YouTube and elsewhere, and he makes these amazing supercuts of all the Internet's most popular content and turns it into something completely alternative, completely ridiculous. And uh, in that realm, he has, he has made a lot of people sane. He does good, good work. He does God's work. And he's coming on tonight. We're going to talk about one thing or another. We have to talk about Sam Harris. I'm sorry if you've already heard this a thousand times because it made the rounds yesterday and I wasn't around to talk about it. So I'm sure you've heard many people break it down, but we'll listen to it together. I also want to read through this article that Aristophanes' Revenge. You remember we did the article with Aristophanes' uh, 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 writing? It had to do with fake meat and uh, and and the, the, the nonviolent ways to protest fake meat and not only the industrial, you know, scheme behind it, the, the ability, the, this pushing onto us all of this industrial agriculture waste from China and pushing it as some kind of alternative new food products over here when it's really just eating garbage from China and also trying to bring us down to the level of, you know, trash picking dogs instead of eating good nutritious foods and and having beef and being pushed into, you know, I don't know, pea, what is it, pea protein? Pea protein. You know, the French... They did something very nice. Cognac, of course, is a delicacy. Cognac is very expensive, especially if you have good cognac. But you know, cognac, well, um, it it got its start. It, the base of cognac, I believe, was made from the discards of wine, and that is uh, grape grape skins. I believe that that's that's part of it. So you take the the scraps from wineries and all that stuff. You have the grape skins, the pulp and all that. And somebody turned it into something that is now, I mean, depending on what kind of a bottle you're going for, very expensive. That's not the same. It does not translate the same way with with um, meat. Anyway, Aristophanes made a new one called Accidental Revolution that really strikes a chord with a lot of things that we've talked about with the... Um, the advent of the internet and it really stepping in and becoming the new media 
not just a place where people can blog a little bit and look up the look up information for their homework or their term papers, whatever it is. I think it's very, very in line with things that we've talked about and that we are discussing in this show on a regular basis. And then, you know, when once we get off with uh, Ping Trip and we go into the second half of the show, I have something that actually makes a lot of sense when it comes to the Internet uh, rising to the cream or the crop and rising to the top and pushing out all the potato men and the androgynous, androgynous donut men like Brian Stelter, who will be back to blogging soon enough. We'll talk about that in a moment. But anyway, I have a, a story about TWA 800 whistleblower and how they are legit. So this is something I wanted to do because I remember TWA Flight 800 blowing up off the coast of uh, Long Island in 1996. I was 12 years old. This was very, very uh, important stuff. But like so many other things out there that make you go, hmm, you never really got to the bottom of what happened. Well, you got to listen to this. And I'll tell you once we get to the second half of the show why it relates to the first. But, um, but still, here we are right now, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are together, and I am glad that it's happening because we have tonight, we have tomorrow. There is also an entire week leading up to next week. We have until Thursday. Great, great people all throughout the week next week. Who do we have? I know that starting off the week is Rich Barris. And then we have Leo Zagami coming back on. Then Jason Burmis on the 24th. And then on Thursday, the 25th, we have Jay Gulinello. And potentially Rob. I always hope that Rob comes by, but I understand. But Jay Gulinello, we will have a nice based nutrition. I want to talk to him about beef liver. I want to talk to him about the, uh, the testosterone dip epidemic. All that stuff. It should be another good one. Jay always brings the fire. And then I'm on vacation for uh, seven broadcast days. Seven broadcast days and a couple of weekends mixed in. So about ten days all together. But you know me. I'll be stopping in on little, you know, phone or iPad live streams and saying how every, seeing how everybody is. And I'll still... I'm going to be recording one or two episodes of Dark to Light with Tracy over the course of that week too, so you'll be able to hear that. Um, and that's that. So let's just get into it, shall we? Thank you to my sponsors, Secret Nature CBD and BlueMonsterPrep.com. Go and check them out. One is a vacation for the soul. One is a vacation for the nervous system. SecretNatureCBD.com in all forms that they come. They are in the middle. They are along a line of 20 years. They are walking the line of 20 years of just the top of the line cannabis cultivation. And you can have it delivered to you wherever you are because it does not get you high. It's CBD. And you can smoke it which means it's a lot more social than sitting around and dropping something under your tongue and then going to bed. And that's why I liked it, because i never seen it in this form before. But other than that, Blue Monster Prep. Do all of your prepping over the weekend. When you're cleaning out the house and you're taking inventory, one thing or another, make sure that you are just making your way toward having different types of insurance ready for you and your family in times of need, and they may come in many different forms. Choose the form of the destructor. 
So you can find all that on the affiliates page on quitefrankly.tv. And I want to plug them both because I've been away yesterday, and away we go. All right, first one up, speaking of meat. Speaking of meat, I don't know how they keep getting away with this. The headline. Where is it? That's... Where's the headline? Here we go. Lab-made steaks in U.S. grocery stores soon. Cultured meat closer to reality thanks to UCLA biophysicist. An innovative project at the University of California is exploring how physical forces affect cells. A field called mechanical biology. Dr. Amy Rowett, founding director of Science and Food, a campus organization, is especially interested in how forces may be important to developing cultured meat. Her ultimate goal is the development of laboratory-made steaks available in grocery stores for consumers. So when you say cultured, I start thinking to myself, I start thinking of yogurts, I start thinking of bacteria, I start thinking of Petri dishes, I start thinking of Bill Gates hanging out on CNN with Anderson Cooper, having him taste some kind of a weird yogurt that he made in a laboratory somewhere, and that meat was going to be the same thing. Having other methods to produce animal-like protein can help increase resilience of our food system. Nope. Nope. Actually, in, uh, you know, better laying off of little people and taking away a lot of taxes, a lot of regulations, and, and uh, allowing people to keep their farms, getting away from the death tax, the inheritance tax, all that stuff, allowing families to keep and expand their farms and, and encouraging people encouraging people to really double down and go and treat with local farmers and local food producers and localize food production more and more and more. That's how you do it. We don't go into the, the UCLA laboratory to have this wench over here shove bacteria meat down your throat. Look, what a freak. Get out of here. I don't even want to look at this woman anymore. She scares me. Made me scared. All right, here's another one. NBC... Here's another one for you. NBC News, sex between men. Kids, get out of here. I'm pausing for a second. Uncle Frank needs to talk to your parents. Get out. Come back. You come right back. Three, two, one, and done. Sex between men, not skin, skin contact. Is fueling monkeypox, new research suggests, new research, this was just yesterday from NBC, the claim that skin-to-skin -skin contact during sex uh, between men, not intercourse itself, drives most monkeypox transition is likely backwards, a growing group of experts say. Uh, we'll just, we'll keep this up here. Now, they go on. Since the outset of the global monkeypox outbreak in May, public health and infectious disease experts have told the public that the virus is largely transmitted through skin-to-skin -skin contact, in particular during sex with men. Now, however, an expanding cadre of, um, of ex experts have come to believe that sex between men itself, both the uh, front and the back, is likely the main driver of global monkeypox transmission. The skin contact that comes with sex, these experts say, is probably much less of a risk factor. Now, I'm, I'll tell you, because we've done this story every once in a while, we sprinkle it in there. I'm actually surprised at this point that they have not come out 
and said that gay people are more susceptible to monkeypox because systemic homophobia has left them immunocompromised. I know it sounds silly, but they literally did that. They literally tried selling us that shit for black Americans and COVID and racism. They, they tried selling us that. In spring and late spring, early summer of 2020, they, they brought out all of the black, uh, black power psychologists and all that stuff. They said that systemic racism made COVID more dangerous for blacks, even though the real story was that black Americans have statistically high rates of diabetes, um, high rates of heart disease, and other lifestyle-related conditions, which is when you take the 30,000 uh, uh, foot view back is really what was harming everybody that was getting harmed in serious ways from COVID. It was people with these pre-existing conditions on average three or four on average three or four those are the people who really got hurt hard and they turned it into race because of course that's something that they could they can work with. They can't they would never go out there and tell people uh, you know eat a little bit less sugar take a 45-minute walk every day, take care of yourself, and do it younger, you know, while you're younger, so you're not in so much physical difficulty when you're older. They would never do that. They want to be able to turn it into a racist cudgel. I'm surprised they haven't done this with, uh, with homophobia yet. I really am surprised. Um, you know? But, um, oh, and not only that, how did this dog get monkeypox? Dog that that uh, whose owners are gay has monkeypox now. The first human to to animal transmission. Pray tell. How did this happen? So we now have children and animals living with or around gay men who have been infected with this, and I've never heard any kind of a follow up on there being an honest inquiry or an investigation. Is that is that too bold to ask? Especially now that they're they're coming to these conclusions. Anyway, speaking of having sex with animals, Brian Stelter to depart CNN. To depart CNN as it cancels Reliable Sources Media Show. Oh, no! I know, I'm sorry, Brian. That was Mr. Bill. I'm so sorry. CNN is canceling its Sunday media affairs show, Reliable Sources, because it wasn't very reliable. And host Brian Stelter is departing the network. In a statement to NPR, Stelter says he's grateful for the show and his team's examination of the media truth and the stories that shape our world. It was rare privilege to lead a weekly show focused on the press at a time when it never had been more consequential. Yeah, you see, th- their mission is done. Their mission is done. He accomplishes mission. Now it just makes sense. They don't need him anymore. They, they've been... They've been able to uh, figure out everything. He got to start blogging. Who cares? Chris Lee informed Stelter, uh, uh, Licht informed Stelter the decision yesterday. He's been making cuts throughout the network. And I guess they really cut the fat with Stelter. So that's the end of that. Well, hopefully he, he turns up somewhere and starts doing media again. Because I rather enjoy his, his nonsense. I think it's very funny. He's a great comedian. All right, uh, here's another little something I want to bring up. This Finnish Prime Minister, Sana Mar- Martin, or Marin, 
She popped up recently dancing intimately with a man at a club, even though she's married and the man that she was being intimate with wasn't her husband. I don't I don't know. I didn't look into that. It's just more so the behavior here. Here's a little bit more of, uh, well, look, here you go. The firestorm over Finnish Prime Minister Sana Mar- Marin's wild partying intensifies Friday with a uh, new video seemingly showing the married leader dancing intimately with a mystery man. The 36-year-old leader, they're not leaders. They're not leaders. I, I can't stand this. They're the leader. One of the world's youngest heads of state, with an emphasis on head, has already been forced to deny being on drugs in a now viral clip of her partying in an apartment after returning from summer vacation. You want to see a little bit of it? I do. Yeah, girl. Powering, powering, get it, girl. See now, I look at this. I look at this, and I, uh, I say to myself, if Europe is really, as people say, if Europe is really like looking into the future for what's coming for America seven years down the road, then Hunter Biden himself will be president soon. Hunter, Hunter Biden himself will be president soon. Let's not go that far, but. Either way, a lot of people are getting up in arms about this. I really don't give a shit. But I, I looked at it as an opportunity just to, to lay, lay out some reminders here. First of all, this is what happens when girl power tropes leave the umbrella of the Spice Girls and seeks opportunity with identity peddling globalists. They are, they are picked up. They're turned into these, um, these political sex symbols. I mean, that's obviously what they tried doing with Justin Trudeau to try to entice the ladies because he has no fucking brains and he's just a drama club student. Of course, these prime ministers, the other thing you have to remind, be reminded of, the prime ministers and the MPs are largely useless Barbie dolls as it is. This is what happens when you elect the Spice Girls. That's just what it is. If, if, even if they are being elected legitimately or not, who knows? Who knows? But they are vassals of the UN, the World Economic Forum, the EU. They're not even governing. They're glorified press secretaries. The prime ministers are glorified press secretaries for someone far above them, an internationalist. These European nation states are largely imaginary. Just like we talk about the imaginary uh, American republic at this point. So the more local you get, even in Europe, I'm sure the more traditional and real and authentic things are. But this is just the state of the Western world right now. It's a freakish illusion. It's a freakish one. So there you go. Finnish Prime Minister doing her thing. All right. Let's get on with the show. We'll be right back after the intro. We'll do this Sam Harris thing. We'll call a ping trip. I guess Matt's not coming, which... uh, sucks because I had to have him sign his um, his shark survival and his Loch Ness survival notes so I can send them out before I leave for vacation. But I, th- but I think he's going to be here for tomorrow night with our buddy Nick, who if you have not met before, that'll be fun. And we'll do that tomorrow night. So, all right. Be right back. Don't go anywhere. You tune in at your own enjoyment because it is the best show since the beginning of time. It is technological advancements and a more sophisticated approach. 
But like every great awakening that has preceded it, it has one iron rule. Logic is a friend and truth is essential. You are now entering, quite frankly. Now take off your pants. And jacket. One ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's rock! a Friday night. They come so quick, don't they? But I love when they're here. It's TGI Frankly. Alright, so where are we going to get started? First of all, you know the rules. The rules are at some point we'll open up the lines and you call in and you have a great time with me. Uh, if you want to submit a super chat to the show, doesn't matter where you are watching right now, you get to go to a URL, open up a browser tab, and go to quite frankly superchat.com. And for as little as $1, you can put some thoughts on the air. And it'll come right here to my screen, and I will see it, and we will read it. I go through those. The first round I go through are in the right after the intermission at the top of the hour, so I'll see you then, all right? Okay, so, first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to play a little bit of this, and then we're going to go and call up uh, Ping Trip, because I'm sure he's seen it. I spoke to him a little bit before just to make sure he had seen it, so he had some things up, and I'm, I'm pretty sure he's watching right now. So before I bring him into the, before I bring him into the room, we're going to go to the Sam Harris guy. Who's Sam Harris? Everybody's asking. Well... Uh, as far as, I don't know, subscribership equals popularity. I mean, he's a self-described atheist philosopher. He's very left-wing, very belligerent, and he's a, he's a, I don't know, I particularly don't like him. I think he's a piece of shit. But anyway, he was, uh, he made some pretty provocative remarks that he's trying to explain away in really feeble fashion. We're not going to get into the response because it doesn't matter. Uh, there's no misinterpreting what he's saying about what I, I know he's speaking as an individual, but it's very hard not to extrapolate. It's very hard not to extrapolate. Here we go. Listen to this. Hunter Biden at that point. Hold on. Now, right now, he's talking about Hunter Biden. He's talking about the election. He's talking about Joe Biden and Trump. 
and the choice he believes was presented to everybody and where his principles were lying at the time of the 2020 election. I mean, Hunter Biden, at that point, Hunter Biden literally could have had, had the corpses of children in his basement. I would not have cared, right? It's like, it's, there's nothing. First of all, it's Hunter Biden, right? It's not, it's like, it's not Joe Biden, but... Oh, it, it, it was very much so Joe Biden as well, Sam. Very much so. You cannot separate the two. Can't separate the two. Unless, of course, you are a midwit philosopher and you have mastered the idea of compartmentalizing very, very key parts of a story to hold up your ridiculous worldview in the most pseudo-intellectual way that you can cobble together. Even if Joe Biden, like, even whatever scope of Joe Biden's corruption is, like, if if we could just go down that rabbit hole endlessly and, and... Yeah, let's go down to the rabbit hole of Joe Biden's corruption, who spent 46 less years in government than Donald Trump understand that he's getting kickbacks. I, I would say 46 more years. Donald Trump spent 46 less years in government. But he, he, hope, he con- continues to come down on things like or hold up Trump University being a fantastic failure. I'm surprised he didn't bring up Trump stakes either. Biden's deals in Ukraine or wherever else, right? Or China. It is infinitesimal compared to the corruption we know Trump is involved in. It's like can you can you name some? I, I it's like it's like a firefly to the sun, right? I mean like there, there's just it doesn't even it doesn't even stack up against Trump University. Right? Trump University as a story is worse than anything that could be in in Hunter Biden's laptop in my view, right? Now that's not that doesn't answer the people who say it's still completely unfair to not have looked at the laptop in a timely way and to have shut down the you know the New York Post's Twitter account like that that's a, just a conspiracy that's a left-wing conspiracy to deny the presidency to Donald Trump absolutely it was absolutely right but I think it was warranted right and I, was, and again it's a coin toss as to whether it was warranted I mean listen not Sam I'm sorry that particular piece I'm, I'm really yeah. sorry I, I was the one that said we should move yeah, yeah. on but you've just oh, said yeah. something I really struggle Go with for that which is the, you kid, support. The, kid, the kids in the basement you, no, no, <laughs> fuck yeah. the kids in the basement. I'm interested yeah. in democracy. You're saying you are content with a left-wing conspiracy to prevent somebody being democratically re-elected as president. Well, no, I'm, I'm content. Well, so it's, but the thing is, it's just not left-wing, right? So Liz Cheney is not left-wing. Oh, uh, she is part of a... You're, now, he's, now he's getting down to... Now he's getting down to costumes. Liz Cheney's not left-wing. I understand that she has a pretty conservative, objectively pretty conservative voting record over there in Wyoming. But she's plugged in to, the, to a, a very, very powerful establishment legacy family. Okay? That when the cards were thrown down, being one vote, being one vote out of 500-some-odd co- uh, congressmen... Uh, representatives and senators combined being one vote you can afford to be on the surface very solidly conservative but when it came to the real problem which was you have Donald Trump his presence being felt in any way shape or form that was upsetting the apple cart in any way to any small in, 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 in any minuscule way she came up to do daddy's bidding and all of daddy's friends bidding 
right? Liz Cheney You'll is doing everything in her power. conspiracy to prevent somebody no, being democratic. It's not like a, no, but there's nothing conspiracy. It's not. It, it was a conspiracy out in the open. It does, but it doesn't matter if it was. A, it doesn't matter what parts conspiracy, what parts out in the open. I mean, I think it's like if people get together and talk and talk about what should we do about this phenomenon. You know, if, if it's like if there, if there was an asteroid hurtling toward Earth, and and we got in a room together with all of our friends and had a conversation about what we could do to deflect its course, right? Is that a conspiracy? Yeah, we're conspiring against the asteroid. So the, I guess the asteroid is not, this is what this is what modern philosophy is. This is what modern day philosophy is. Donald Trump was an asteroid. We need to throw democratic elections and all that out the window because we need to stop this at all costs. It wasn't a conspiracy when you had the social media world, everybody come on down together and completely silence an Ameri one of the oldest American news outlets. I believe the New York Post was, was started by Alexander Hamilton. They silenced the, the only major outlet out there that was willing to talk about what was going on. That it wasn't just about a presidential candidate's son and his nasty sex and drug habits. It was talking about what the presidential candidate enabled in that son. How he sent this, this junkie out into the world doing business, getting kickbacks, using the family name. Because he was vice president for eight, eight years and then in the Senate for 40 years before that. And all of that was, I, I mean, talk about saying the quiet part out loud. I mean, it's the quiet, obvious part out loud in huge ways, of course, his rationale is based on this fantasy that Trump is, is worse, criminal by light years, and never, of course, they all love saying that, can't say one reason why. It's just incredible. Don't ever think that voting fixes a mind virus like this. If this is their intelligentsia, the voting ain't gonna ain't, ain't gonna work, and you can see how um, how unscrupulous they are. And, and, and we know, we know that battle battle lines are always drawn when you talk about party politics and sec, uh, political sectarianism and all that. There's always party um, politics and and battle lines drawn, and people who, people who are going to vote Republican as long as they're not voting for a Democrat and vice versa, we know that that is a reality for tens of millions of people in this country. It's just, oh, I'm going to vote, par I'm just going to vote Republican, it doesn't matter who it is. That's always going to be the case. But this goes a very long way in confirming people's suspicions that deep down inside, many on the left know that there was, or they would be okay with, very strong anti-democratic elements that got Old Man River inaugurated. They just don't care. Obviously, don't they don't care. And as I said before, the reason why the FBI is out there and they're able to do what they do, or at least attempt what they do, because they do a very, very fucking sloppy job. The only reason why they're able to do shit like this, whether it be the Whitmer kidnapping, January 6th, anything else in between, is because they know they have the judicial system and they have the media that is going to lay down cover fire for them. To not only rationalize why it was done, if not cover it up altogether, but to actually, it, it, to actually impart vir virtuous intent. This was virtuous. Incredible. If you found bodies of dead children in, in, the, in the Biden family basement, 
you would still, because Trump University is worse, you would still vote for Joe Biden because Trump University is worse, worse than selling your country off to enemies. Trump didn't even take a fucking salary. My God, my God. So this guy is, um, he's out of his mind and I have a very hard time not extrapolating that mindset out to millions of people. I have a very hard time. Matt just got here. What's going on, man? Hello, Francis. How you feeling? Uh, I've had better days, Lois. Well, are you... Hey, did you have work today? Yeah. Was it, was it back-breaking? Yeah. I, that's why I'm here so late, bro. You got to go... finished late, and I laid down and passed out because of my back and my knee. Why don't you go, why don't you go to a, uh, a massage therapist? I should go to Justine again. Well, I mean, anybody. I mean, Massage Envy really isn't, isn't bad at all. Because they, 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 they do more than massage. They do actually they do, do stre- stretches. They give you head. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I was actually looking at um, uh, for some places like that. And for whatever reason, I just say, let me put, like, ha- happy ending massages and it, articles started popping up. I guess they just made a bust in Mamernick or wherever the fuck it was around here. But I guess there's a pl- like three places in Porchester that are known for that. And yeah, you go in there, it, you're gonna need a, like a shot of something. After oh hell no, dude! In there. No man, you got, you 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 have to take a shot of penicillin before you walk through the door. That's it, yeah, penicillin. Oh Maybe no, some iver, ivermectin. Oh no 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 no. There's a couple of ladies in the chat room offering to massage you themselves. Oh, <laughs> I think uh, maybe my girl will do that tomorrow when she gets back from Greece. Okay. Well, we'll see. All right. Now here we go. Uh, we have a caller who is joining us right now. I know Matt, you have the, the cat with you. We'll take a look at her later on. But we have a uh, a buddy that is on the line. We need to speak with right now. And that guy's name is Ping Trip. What's going on, Ping? What's up, man? Is my mic good? Oh, yes, yes. Good? Yes, the mic is fantastic. You sound great. Oh, What's going on awesome. in your world? Oh, not much, dude. Just um, fucking... I'm just happy Sam Harris saved us from a giant orange asteroid coming oh. to, to hit us. And, uh, you know, what you didn't know is that that orange asteroid was filled with cheap fuel. So I know. Worse. You, you, <laughs> want, you want to talk about things that people would have forgiven in order to get their people in office. Oh, man. I, I give, give me a uh, $2.19 tank of gas again or, or a gallon of gas again that'd be great yeah yeah that's crazy man sam Har- i've never liked sam harris because he's one of those guys that just comes across kind of kind of uh what's the word like smarmy than you like i'm better than everybody yeah he's smarmy and these 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 like super intelligent retards sorry i don't know if you could say that super intelligent dumbasses are like kind of what's ruining our country right now it's the, the it's the smarminess. It's the, the the being the pedantic kind of a voice there. Of course, the 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 full, as I said before, this is the state of modern philosophy as well. Um, makes no uh, makes no cuts no corners about the kind of uh, villain he thinks we need to be to be able to bring a liberal world order to the fruition. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know about it anymore. But I'm glad you're here. Where did you you saw this yesterday when it came out? Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I have to wonder if these people, like, because you know Sam Harris is actually smart. Like, I'm not going to deny the guy's an intelligent guy. Does he really believe that? Does he really believe Trump University is worse than what the Biden corruption is? Like, 
You, I mean, honestly, at, some, at a certain point, these people are so smart, you have to wonder if they're just saying what they know they have to say to not be canceled in their little... Because, uh, you know, Sam Harris is probably getting special treatment from the algorithms because he talks like that. So, like, these people know the situation. Like, if you want to get ahead, this is the... This is the, the story to stick with. You know what I mean? I think for someone like Sam Harris, uh, uh, as you said before, because he's an intelligent guy. I think for someone like Sam Harris, the pride dictates everything. You know, yeah. you know where you can't go, and you know, you know, you have to put all of your your powers, uh, your mental powers, into finding a way to make it all make sense. Because you can never admit that you were wrong. Pride dictates so much. Now, uh, underneath him. There are plenty of people who believe a whole bunch of shit. And that's the most important thing. Like, for example, last week, I think it was last week or the week before, there was this old, um, I don't know, she was, I forget what her name was, but she, this is this old soap opera actress. She did a lot of soap opera on television. She had suggested, you want to talk about blue and on conspiracy theories, she suggested that um, perhaps Donald Trump had hidden many, many reams of paper and documents, top uh. secret documents, in the coffin of his late ex-wife, Ivana. And that perhaps that's why that they were burying her on private property and all that stuff, and, and that they, they, they need to go inside. Why did it take 10 pallbearers to carry her coffin? And now, obviously, you can just say, well, you want to be on private property because the world is full of crazy assholes that would love to desecrate any any uh, a grave that belongs to um, someone who is a, uh, a contemporary political enemy. I mean, we know what they want to do to old Confederate generals wherever they can find their graves. And then the other thing you got to think about there is that it was a solid bronze casket. You're going to need 10 men to ca carry a solid bronze casket like yeah. that. But, but because one person put out this ridiculous thing you see all the underlings, some AI, some real low IQ assholes, really adopting this and feeling comfortable to adopt this this view, uh, to not only rationalize but to um, to adopt the the virtuous nature of the whole thing. I think that Sam Harris, people like him, give lower IQ, low functioning assholes permission to adopt these stances and actually think that it's a a, a really informed and well thought out uh, position. Yeah. Yeah, what you said about not wanting to be wrong, right? It's like they've, they've doubled down so much. Like, they, they can't... That's the thing. Like, a lot of these, these Trump derangement syndrome people, like, they have to know they were wrong in the back of their mind. Like, oh, maybe I was tricked by the media. Maybe I fell for the bullshit. But, I mean, if you've spent two, three years telling all your friends and everybody you know how bad Trump is and just, just hammering away on the Trump shit, like, how are you going to go back now and be like, oh, sorry, I actually was... Uh, kind of uh i was uh brainwashed by the media i know and all the other tdsers i think i got I a lot of that it. wrong yeah you can't you can't yeah. you, you think about hard it is, how hard it is for people in your personal life just throughout the years how hard it is for some people to uh reverse course on a grudge or anything it's yeah. just once you put the time in uh it, the the reason for continuing the grudge is that you don't want to have wasted the time yeah, and yeah. Then, I mean, there's there's so many people I know in my life that I can't I, I could go up to him with all the evidence like that when Trump did that speech about the border and Mexicans are our words, you know, oh, he yeah. didn't say that. But it, if you were to show people like the whole speech, they would still tell you that they were that you're wrong. Even if you showed them the whole speech, gave them the full context, 
they it's like they would they still cover their eyes and like no 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 he said that and it's like what are you talking about dude like these people they've lost their mind and they cannot come back from it because they'll lose so much they'll lose so much like I don't know their ego whatever it is you know it's just going to be shattered or they'll probably have a mental breakdown realizing oh my god I've spent two or three years just being brainwashed by the mass media and every other propaganda outlet it's true it's true and and I think that this this um this this story that I want to read together with you and even Matt over here Matt you can jump in anytime you hear something you want to talk about um How you doing, Matt what's up man what's going on don't forget to get that massage brother I I will definitely. You know, you know what's funny, um, Ping, is that me and Matt, we are in, uh, we are proportional to each other on screen, and the way that you are popping up on screen, you're kind of far away and lower in the frame, so it looks like you're a Munchkin or something, and we are, we're just <laughs> that, we're just that much bigger than you. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, I got I'm too ugly to have the the camera that close. So okay. I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta give, I gotta give everybody a break. So, well, Halloween's coming, so you can always we you maybe, or you know what we can do next time, you can put like a screen up you ever are, are you uh you, you ever, did you grow up catholic at all by any chance yeah you ever been mm -hmm. to confession behind the screen no i never went to confession because i never got the uh all the steps before that you know i wasn't i, I was crazy i was raised catholic but for some reason, my parents never took me to get baptized and all that good stuff. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah. then you you never had the uh, the opportunity to to talk to a no. a stranger behind the screen. Unfortunately, and tell them all your secrets. <laughs> well, yeah, I was gonna say we could do the screen thing next time, but never mind. The the uh, the time the t opportunity is lost. Well, anyway, I think you're gonna like this. I think Matt will like this too, and I think it goes hand in hand with a lot of what we're seeing with the cracking. The cracking and the, the flaking away of narratives a lot quicker, um, the way that we were actually starting to be able to use the internet and, and these, um, these alternative platforms for mass communication to uh, put a little, a little bit more pressure and light a little bit more of a, a hotter fire under the ashes of people that are, are throwing this nonsense in our way and thinking that there's, there's no one left who could, could uh, responsibly counter them. Here's the headline. This is written by uh, Aristophanes. Aristophanes Revenge on Twitter. It's called Mimetic Insurgency Corrodes the Imperial Monoculture. So I'm just going to read this and we'll stop along the way. Jump in at any time that you hear anything that you think is, uh, is worthy of expanding on. Here we go. America is going crazy. Normal people sense the mood. Something is wrong. They can't describe it. The source of their discontent of our national disorder is the Internet, the digital revolution. The Internet is the biggest invention to impact the distribution of information in hundreds of years since Gutenberg invented movable type, which opened the gate to Protestantism and Copernicus. Now, Gutenberg 2.0 threatens to create similar bloodshed. My uncle is an old-school conspiracy theorist, an army vet turned truck driver, an artifact from when pursuit of forbidden knowledge was difficult. Books acquired from libraries and stores, late-night journeys on lonely highways, listening to coast-to-coast -coast AM radio, pamphlets from gun, a gun show, a meeting of the minds of 30 men on the same CB radio channel, pioneers contemplating information with the geographical and technological range to be the first frog community. I just want to stop there for a second and say I love that that entire paragraph is so damn cozy. Yeah, isn't that cozy? I read, I read this earlier, and this is very on point. Like uh, a lot of people don't do a good job of summing up how we got to where we're at, and uh, this 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 does a good job. And it's it is interesting when you think about 
or early internet it was like that's what everybody really wanted right away was like conspiracies like that was the first thing that was everywhere conspiracies it, it's true it's true, but I, I I I just love that aesthetic there too. Night uh, night. That's why coast to coast people like Art Bell were so important during the 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 late eighties, nineties, and and beyond because that's a that's a delicacy of information right there, or at least thought. Uh, the pamphlets. I always would I would see those old at that time old yellowed pamphlets, little conspiracy magazines that were printed very independently, and they the subscription was very hard because you didn't know where to subscribe to anybody. You don't know if it's, it exists. There's no way to really distribute this. So I love the setup of what where it started and where we are now. And he continues. He says, truck drivers and soldiers generally are split into two categories, simpletons and geniuses. My uncle was a genius. Narrative dominance before the internet was easy for the regime. Radio and television required state licensure, expensive equipment, and the skill to use them. Any player who went outside the guardrails of imperial sensibility could easily be shut down or, more readily, ignored. Newspapers owned by oligarchs would counterattack. As, um, as wealth consolidated, so did the grand narrative the monoculture. Consensus coasted along for decades on a planned trajectory that was doomed to failure. Now, here we go. The information gold rush. This, is, this should spark some good conversation. The widespread adoption of the internet brought capital into the equation. The dot-com bubble grew and burst, creating a surplus of information and communication. Knowledge could be stored and discussed in real time by thousands. There was no gatekeeping by publishers, executives, or the FCC. Pseudonyms allowed controversy and, controversy and dissent in the largest public square ever, and elite sensibility didn't understand it, much less know how to control it. I love this, too, because, you, you know, Ping and Matt, of course, Matt, you, you are very keen on revolutionary American uh, history. This was a very big part of how... The founding generation got ideas out there, especially during, uh, before and after the fight for independence. They would write under pseudonyms. Um, uh, many people, that's how the, the Federalist Papers were put out there during the conventions. Everybody put up pseudonyms. Now, there was, um, there was a little bit more of a, a principled reason why, other than just protection during times of war. Back then, authors, they wanted to be able to have people analyze their argument than the stature of those making it. They wanted it to be, uh, they wanted to leave the, the space a little bit more pure. But this is a new thing here. And I love how that anonymous nature of the internet came back, and that's where we were able to have uh, the most comfortable exchange of controversial ideas in uh, generations, probably. I miss the hell out of the early internet, man. Like I'm an old dude, I'm 40, so I got I got to see the birth of the internet, and I got to see the golden age, the early 2000s through the early 2010s. I mean, it was a beautiful thing, man. It's so different now. Like information is so throttled now. The Google search used to be magic, dude. Do you remember Google search? How good it used to be. Yep. Like you could find anything you wanted like that. Now, they don't want you to find nothing. It's like. I think they daydream all day about how good they had it back in the 80s and 90s. Like, God, I wish we could have that, those, those times back where we just had a complete monopoly over everything people knew. And, and, as, and as far as those who were born too late to ever know it, they don't even know what they missed. Yeah, it's, that's kind of sad, too. The, the generation that's just all they've uh, experienced is this version of the Internet. It's, uh, they don't know how good it could be. Well, you know, here, and here's the other thing there, too, uh, how, how micromanaged it's gotten, Ping. Let's say that we were back. Let's say we have 
let's say that we have YouTube and all these platforms that we have today, all of these websites and whatever, hosting websites that we have today, but we just turn the clock back to the culture of 15, 20 years ago. If we were able to combine those two things, you would make a video, and not only would people be able to get suggested your video in the native you know, uh, platform like YouTube, but on search engine results, you would pop up randomly all over the place, and people would find it if they are looking for what you had just published. Yeah. Now when you think 20 years later where we are, it's been so micromanaged that even on the native hosting site where your original content is, it has been micromanaged, so people can't even find you in a in a in a search on that platform. It's just yeah, people, people that subscribe for me can't even find my fucking content these days. It's 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 yeah. It's it's a complete. They're really trying to roll everything back to where they can somehow capture that that uh, that genie and put it back in the bottle, so that they have complete control over. What people think at the end of the day, man, that's mm. really what is going down to. I mean, I, I, I sometimes I wonder, and I'm not saying it would have been better to vote for Hillary Clinton, but sometimes I wonder how different things would be right now. They'd still be doing their agenda, but I think a lot of what we're seeing right now is kind of like, oh, so you wanted to vote for Trump? Oh, so you don't, you don't want to listen to the mainstream media? Oh, so you're going to make us look bad? <laughs> you're trying to embarrass me? Like, this is, okay, well, fuck you. Like, this is... This is really what this is. This is like, oh, the American people think they're going to vote for who they want and not who the fucking media tells them to? Well, let's make their life miserable for as long as we can until they get back in line. It's what this all feels like to me. I, you know, I love, I, I love that you brought that up. I understand what you're saying. It's almost as if, but then again, if that is the case, then we were always meant to endure uh, this, this kind of increasing uh, chokehold hardship that's coming down on us if we were ever going to be a part of a solution where the, the yeah. internet cracks apart and gets free again and of course that trickling out into real life because I, well, I getting free from the media's control over our elections is a big thing yeah like just just telling the media fuck you we're not voting for who you tell us to that was a big deal to them like oh my god like they don't listen to us anymore we got to show them that they're wrong and we're right and yep. we're just going to beat them over the head until they realize, I better just listen to what CNN tells me because they're smart and I'm dumb. I bet you any money that if Hillary Clinton were to have won the election, I might have close to 500,000 subscribers right now. Oh, and, yeah. And, and, you know, yeah. And, and to your point, the reason why is if, if she had won over Donald Trump handily, and that's just the way it goes then it would, by and large, be status quo. They would feel safe, and they would allow people to keep their illusions, yeah. and, and maybe they can just start dripping us into the next transition of America that they had envisioned while we were in a little bit more of a sleepy coma. But the fact that 2016 election, at the very least, destroyed the entire credibility of the mainstream media, the Democrat Party. We learned that the Democrat Party pretty much was Hillary Clinton, and uh, and the, the leaks, the Podesta leaks, everything. They showed us not not only a glimpse into how they run an election, but the kind of people that were running behind the scenes, the spirit cooking, everything. So they had nothing to do but declare war after that. Yep. Yeah, they had to. It's almost like they could either just walk away and go, okay, well, I guess our time's over. But of course they're not going to do that, dude. So this, to me, this is just a natural thing that if you want to get kind of control back to the people, you're going to have to go through these type of fights. But the thing is, the people just aren't willing to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. The people don't. They don't want to put, be put through any kind of crap. So as soon as you take away a little bit of their their happiness, 
uh, you take away something from them, they're going to get in line. And that's what's happening, man. Well, I think um, we'll see how it goes. I, what I what I am encouraged by is that there are a lot of very hopeful local uh, local fights going on around the country when it comes to education, yeah. when it comes to people really getting reconnected with local food production, their local farmers. There's a lot of people who are thinking about getting out of suburban and urban areas and, and getting a little bit more naturalist with the way that they're living. And there, there has been millions who have woken up to this. It's a, it's a slow process, especially since we've been used to one way of thinking how our life here in America would go for over a hundred some odd years and it's odd though like do we outnumber them because it really feels like we outnumber them like i run into more people that are they're with it they understand what's going on than i do that are in the trump derangement syndrome um world but yet they seem to keep winning and it's like they have that power over the media the power over the internet and like that keeps them able to kind of manipulate things so it seems like they're the they're the bee's knees it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to find each other they have found yeah. they have found ways of making sure that even though we are out there we can feel our presence we can see signs all over the place that it's hard for us to confirm that the other person exists now we get glimpses behind the the, the curtain we see what they had to the lengths they had to go to on you know certain very important nights of the year in 2020 and to see what's going on there we can see the polling we can see the collapse of of certain narratives i mean it, the the it's all out there it's just um it's just a matter of staying the course and not trying to throw up all over your shoes but let's keep going with this uh he continues it says forums irc forums and irc let thousands of people analyze niche material at the same time, in real time, and organize multiple human consciousnesses, uh, consciousness, multiple human consciousness into a kind of parallel processing system that made intellectual enlightenment a mass event. 9-11 birthed this new paradigm. Conspiratorial truthers asked questions and the government could not answer. They uh, shared pictures, videos, and analysis at a rate the government couldn't suppress. Under pseudonyms, they couldn't shame. What happened to Building 7? The footage of the Pentagon. Could jet fuel really melt steel beams? What about the Pentagon audit and the missing money? We're actually working on a blog about the missing money and the, the supposed gold in uh, the World Trade Center. We're working on a blog right now. We'll do that hopefully have that ready for September. Old conspiracies breathe new life. The Federal Reserve, wealthy banking families, Atlantis, Bigfoot, even vampires. The monoculture dismissed these people as cranks because they couldn't stop the signal. But that was a colossal mistake. Citizens uh, outside the mainstream found kindred spirits and pooled their resources. Anyone could hear their arguments, and some were convincing. The government gaslit the public by identifying its own malfeasance as conspiracy theories. Now, those chickens are coming home to roost. Books and public records were digitized, and open-source intelligence was cultivated by renegade journalists, one of whom is now languishing in prison for obscure reasons. You didn't have to travel to get records anymore. Old news articles were online. Security, through obscurity, became less effective for the government. History was literally at our fingertips. Slowly at first... The frontier of the Internet grew vast bodies of knowledge outside of the editorial control of the empire. Little, uh, uh, little epistemic fifes uh, toiling away from the eyes of the watchers. 
The regime lashed out if you left the ghetto and got the attention of the mainstream audiences, but didn't care what you posted on 4chan or auto-admit. They grew and solidified as the monoculture stagnated and fumbled. Dissidents funneled into these uh, spaces en masse, fueled by economic turmoil and rapid social change. So, I mean, we have a, just a couple more sections there, too, but still, it... it it's it just a, a great, great timeline of events as far as how we got here and the reaction that we usually have to resistance. And, um, and of course, the guilty act in the way that the government does as far as suppression goes. Yeah. Yeah, they're very... They're, they've showed their hand many times, especially with the last couple of years, you know. That's the thing with, the, with the, the, the Sam Harris. It's like, you know, I don't, these topics, you got to kind of like walk on eggshells around, you know, the fortification of the election and all that. Um, it seems to me they know what went down and they're trying to rationalize it in their head as like, well, it was an asteroid and we had to stop the asteroid. The world was going to end if we didn't do this. And, and you know, it's, they know they know what they did. Anyway, I, I got a that's an eggshell topic. Sorry. Oh, no, it, it, I'm with you on that. And in the way that they the way that they cover it up and the way that they give themselves permission to even um, to even entertain the idea is they yeah. say, well, you know, the, the people's word, you know, the people uh, made their choice. They wanted Joe Biden, even though the, you couldn't find anybody that actually supported him if you tried, um, not at least in any kind of significant numbers that. Yeah. That, that you know that would insinuate that there was actually a counter force to, to the enthusiasm that there was there for Trump, but uh, they would say that oh no no everything was on the up and up during the election. But if something did happen, if there was an option to pull the emergency brake, I mean it would be worth it. Am I right, folks? Uh, this is the way that they give themselves permission, at least at first. Yeah. They got to rationalize it in their head because they know it's wrong. Yeah. So they got to make it seem like, oh, well, we're stopping Hitler, man. You know, uh, we're doing the right thing. We're, we're heroes. This next section, though, I think it starts getting right into what we had opened up talking with on our own, Ping. Here it is. Raining frogs. Donald Trump's campaign changed everything. Frog dissidents were growing up. Diversions like gaming stagnated along with the mon- along the uh, alongside the monoculture. Yeah, we were talking about uh, GamerGate, how that was just an enormous red pill for so many people, and went beyond um, you know, gaming journalism being something that was untrustworthy. It's so huge, um, but yeah, diversions like gaming stagnated alongside the monoculture. Battles between 4chan and Scientology bled pranks into the real world. GamerGate exposed the intrusion of social justice into hobbies they enjoyed. And it got even bigger when they showed that that went all the way up to Bill Gates' sponsored educational pursuits. Uh, Anons were in the open, were in open warfare against the journalist class, the enforcers of the monoculture. These mostly young men were raised on video games, forming ad hoc teams to overcome challenges and solve puzzles for sport. War had been declared and the frogs had trained from birth. The frogs that had trained from birth to fight it. The uh, regime gatekeepers were stagnant. They were spoiled, unprepared for effective resistance. Trump won the election and the insult bloodied and the insult bloodied the nose of the beast. Every grievance since 9-11 poured forth and every petulant reaction from high culture, so-called high culture, destroyed trust. The architects of the end of history were caught flat-footed and left stupefied. 
The reaction to this insolence was earth-shattering. COVID appeared and served as a litmus test for loyalty to the monoculture. A failure to contextualize risk this bad couldn't be incompetence. Lockdown, supply, change, supply chains... Masks and finally vaccines served as a point of further polarization with the unwritten message. That message being stop resisting and the horror will end. The 2020 election ended with the bureaucratic state marching in lockstep to quote unquote fortify Biden's victory. Suppression of misinformation showed that the velvet glove had been concealing a mailed fist the entire time disputing the monoculture on covid or the election results in, uh, uh, in or the election resulted in harsh suppression the mask came off with the velvet gloves if you are fighting a war and can be forced to commit force uh, and you're fighting a war and can be forced to commit forces to battle you are losing and then uh, finally we have one last short section here called information reformation and it starts off with a quote from Sigmund Freud, history is just new people making old mistakes. And here we go. America is going crazy. Grandpa sends you links to QAnon posts. Your uncle sends you links to COVID-19 vaccine statistics. Grandma watches YouTube videos about demons and curses. Your Zoomer cousin tans his balls with infrared light and slonks eggs while he awaits uh, the boogaloo. Yeah. Just, just throw down the raw eggs. I have the, to say, it, this is very refreshing. This kind of journalism is so rare these days. I love it's it. It's nice. It's nice, man. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I love it. This is, and, it, and this is why when I find someone who writes this way, I'm yeah. always, I'm always on top of it. I don't care Shout about. Out. Oh yeah. Uh, the guys at the gym talk about seed oils and estrogen in the water supply, and these are the normal Americans who don't think putting lipstick on a boar makes it a sow, or that giving Greta Thunberg money changes the weather. These aren't. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> these aren't terminally online autists or political shills. The masses themselves are joining the fray. I do not highlight any of these beliefs for mockery. I accept many of them myself, but this il illustrates how. Far we've traveled since window 95 came out and it's gonna get weirder before it gets better if 9-11 happened today how many Americans would question it how many would accuse the government of doing it on day one we are smack in the middle of information reformation the internet started a spiritual information war it behooves us to gather in pockets of relative sanity to resist the mind-bending mind-bending entrance uh, entrancements of the regime's master narrative and I do believe that these pockets of relative sanity are shows like this, are the people who watch the ping trip videos. This is how we've kept ourselves sane. I, I, I love stuff like this. That was it. I hope the people that watch my videos know not to trust anything. <laughs> they, verify everything. Go, go. I mean, this is the biggest thing is like, we got to get away from people filtering our information and, and giving us our information, hand feeding it. And we got to like find a way to have that's what, man, that's what YouTube was going the way for a while. The independent journalists, people on the ground, and then they just shut that down. Like you see that dude, I forget his name, but he's always on the ground. And they just, they're, they're constantly hitting his videos, shadow banning him. And all he's doing is reporting news on the ground straight from the source. Mm. But that's a problem because then they can't filter it to spin the, the situation to be, you know, positive for them. Understood. Understood, yeah. That's the way it goes. That's the way it yeah, goes. So. Um and we see no 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 we see that repeat itself over and over again and just again for everybody out there this was written by Aristophanes on the American Mind that's the uh, that's americanmind.org 
publication of the Claremont Institute, Claremont Institution. So it's called Accidental Revolution. So I'm going to be keeping an eye on everything that comes out of the American mind now, especially if it facilitates conversation starters like this. Yeah, that's so, the kind of journalism we need these days, man. Indeed. Least, we don't have enough of that. This is, And I think it's more than journalism. I think it's just, I don't know, it's a very uh, prescient essay and a, yeah. almost like a diary. We need that. We just we, we yeah. need things to be left behind that are, are tangible and that could that cannot be dated. Uh, I think that's well, a great story. It becomes so hard, dude, to, to actually like try to recount reality in the way that things actually happened because we're so lost in the the massive amount of uh, bullshit information out there mm. that you kind of people have kind of lost what reality is. Mm-hmm. Not everybody, but a lot of people. It, it's it's very in, I don't know. I'll tell you, Ping, this is why when I go to people's functions or if I go out, I I work outside of this studio. I work so diligently not to try to talk about anything. Yeah, um, be, and, and not only that, because not uh, not just because I want to be able to keep things light, but I, I, I'm afraid to find out what's inside of people that I like. Yeah, I'm afraid yeah. to find I'm afraid to find out more about them in those in that respect. I don't want to I don't want to say, oh, my God, they, how did you believe that? Because yeah, I'm because yeah. you're not going to start fencing with them at that point. Yeah, there's no winning these battles anymore. If people at this point, if they're still on that side of the fence and they they're not seeing the reality of what's going on, you at this point, how do you wake them up? I don't know. I don't think you do. Not yeah, without not without severing another another connection. I'd rather just keep some things in stasis than than lose anybody else. The only thing that's going to wake them up is if uh, things get so bad that they can't have all their little pleasures in life. You know, they can't have their little ice cream shake or whatever because they can't afford it. Like, that that's probably the only thing that's going to wake these people up is things getting so bad that they become, they can't live their lives the way they want to. We're already starting to see a little bit of that over here. It, it really is about where all the money is. All the, yeah. uh, all the moneyed interests, and especially the Democrat Party, when are they going to have their Friday night bubblies? You know, you know, the, uh, shaking a shaking a leg on the on on a sidewalk cafe somewhere that's usually nice and quaint and quiet. What's going to happen when a uh, when it gets disturbed by one thing or another? Not just well, that's prices. That, that's that Sam Harris thing. It's like you know he's in this little bubble of elitists who um, make a lot of money, have a lot of uh, influence and power, and they don't want to lose that. He knows if he was to come out and go, oh well, you know what they did to Trump is wrong. Like he would lose money. He would lose money. A lot of people that have come out for Trump spoke out against the, the mainstream narratives, and they've lost a ton of money for doing that. That's why these people, a lot of them that are smart and should know better, they toe the line. Yeah. Yeah. You know, before, before we get off here, uh, Ping, because I love when you, when you come on, and last time you were on, we did something that I thought went over really well. We went into all of the local local laws that had popped up. This is an old book of local yeah. laws. And I wanted to go back to San Antonio to see if we can find uh if we can find anything else that we didn't do before. If you don't mind. Oh, San Antonio. Yeah, yeah, I would love to do this. Hold on, hold on. Let me see here. This is Texas. That's Houston. Is there anything in particular? Uh I will, whatever. As long as we're in Texas. Here is a little something for you. In Houston and remember, this is all, um, I think, all 
on the book still by 1950. In Houston, dog catchers are required to be psychoanalyzed by a psychiatrist to determine if they are qualified to chase stray mutts. Yeah, I mean, I would agree because you don't want to, you know, yeah, let's do it. M- Matt, what do you think about that? Do you, th- do you I mean, you are an animal uh, trapper. Do you think that some people are not fit? Do you think some people would be, I don't know, if they're crazy, should they be working with uh, animal trapping? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You need to be a little crazy, bro. Being a crawl space that you know that there's rats in there. Or going to a fucking little room where there's a, you know there's a fucking raccoon that's pissed off in there. Shit, so when you have to go into a place you have that going on, do you, are you, do you have to like psych yourself up? Like you know you're going into a crawl space and there's going to be an angry rat in there. It's, you, it's whatever, I could defeat a rat. What about a, an angry raccoon? You're like, okay, this this thing's gonna hate me. Well, yeah, I have the catch pole with me, so I can use that. I can use a cage to keep them off of me. Okay. I've had to bat some raccoons that turn around on me when I release them. I fucking just like chew them off with the cage. Let me ask you this: Have you ever had a dog run after you with vicious intent? You ever have to punch a dog in the face? I don't catch dogs. I do wild animals. Well, I'm what, not what a dog catcher? Is there any stray dogs around here? Not to my knowledge. Have you ever had to punch any animal in the face out of self-defense? Um, uh, I, I don't think so. Okay. Not yet. I don't, I don't think that's the move to just punch him in the face. I think, I think they have other methods, man. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, let's say, let's say that you're caught in a, in a pickle there, and, the, and all of a sudden you're, you're face-to-face with a really pissed-off animal, and the only thing you have to even buy you time is just punch it in the face. I mean, Ping, do you have any uh, any uh, any animal encounter stories like that? I just got, I got bit by a dog one time. I don't know. I just don't think punching a dog in the face is probably the right move. You probably want to kick them or something. Like you probably want to stay away from their teeth with your hands. Right. I guess I guess if you <laughs> if you know how to place it, if you're gonna place it perfectly, I guess you can get it under the jaw, a little uppercut. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I mean dogs are, are vicious, dude. You don't want to. You don't want to go into a fight with a dog. You're not going to come out clean. You're right. Okay. Yeah, well, I could defeat a dog, but it would it, depending on what yeah. it is. It could do damage to me, but I could defeat yeah. a dog. Yeah, you'll win, but you're gonna. Yeah, you're gonna take damage that's not worth. You know what I mean? Well, if I were going to fight a dog or some kind of a uh, a cat, I would definitely take the dog because at least you don't have the. The, dex- yeah. the the dexterity of the claws and everything. I mean, they have they have so much more going on than just their mouth. With a dog, you have to just watch their mouth and, you know, just punch them in the face. Yeah, cats. I, I mean, one call I had to go and get, like, a dog on someone's back porch. It was like this huge pit bull. It was nice. It was really nice. He was licking us. And, a, and then I had to go get a cat at someone's hotel room that they brought with them. And it was, like, freaking out. They, like, so bad. Like, they're, like, just take it away. I had to fuck it, dude. That that was fucked up. I had to put the gloves on, and th- th- that was... Yeah. Somebody left their cat behind? No, they were there. They didn't want it anymore because it was freaking out for, like, two days or something. I don't know what the fuck it was. So they were traveling. I had that, and then I had some asshole that, dude, we went to his house. He had, he was, had alcohol on his breath and all that. His cat scratched him, so he wanted to have the cat tested for rabies. Hmm. You have to kill the cat. Wait a second. You, oh yeah, that's right. 
You have to kill. You have to kill an animal to test it for rabies. You have to test the, their skull. The cat scratched him because he was probably like abusing it, and he got so pissed off that he was looking for a way to kill it. Ah, oh, what a piece of shit. So he figured he'd like say the cat. We brought him I've, to the shelter, and they're like, "Yeah, no, this cat's friendly." I've ran into very few vicious well, dogs, but I've ran into a lot of vicious cats that will just attack and attack and attack anything that gets close to it. They're territorial, man. Yeah, yeah. No, they don't. They don't stop. Um, okay, let me let me see here another one here. Let's, let's go. Uh, oh my gosh, here's here's one from page two eighty six, Texas. A man served a term in the Texas State Penitentiary for an offense of worthlessness. Can you Dude, imagine I got, I got going to, up for that? Can you imagine getting locked up for and and, and and having on your criminal record that you are criminally worthless? In Tennessee? <laughs> no, this Where? is Texas. What do you do to get charged with that? Like, oh, shit, dude didn't leave his house for a week. And the offense <laughs> of worthlessness, he doesn't, I don't know. I, I, here you go. For the commission of one crime, a man was lawfully in Texas sentenced to a term of 1,001 years. I wish I knew what that was. Why would you, why would you publish this book, make something like that known, and not tell us what the crime was for the commission of one crime? So his punishment was to be deemed worthless for a thousand years. No, 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 no. This is a separate thing. Oh, okay. Because I was about to say that judge is just fucking with him. Yeah. That guy might have he might have slept with the judge's daughter or something. In Amarillo, in Amarillo, it is against the law to sleep in basements. I don't know if it's if it's still against the law or if people just don't care. But in as a all, proud Texan, I I support that law one hundred percent. Do you know anybody in Amarillo? Uh, no, no. Okay. Uh, if anybody out there it lives in Amarillo, please get in touch with me and let me know if this is something that people know about and or have reversed or just don't care. Also in Amarillo, it's against the law to take a bath on the main street during banking hours. Yeah, that makes sense. Because you know someone did that. Yeah. Someone probably took a bath in front of the bank out in the middle of the street, so they had to make a law for it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Someone had to have done that. Uh, it is illegal for a criminal to enter any court carrying a rope. Why? I, if I was there, I'd be like, oh, I'd be the judge. I'd be like, oh, you're admitting you're guilty. All right, now you brought the rope. You go fucking hang yourself now. Bro, you can Frank, go hang yourself. He bought the rope. If you're interested in, in weird laws, dude, like go look at all the old Jewish laws. Those are some weird laws. Those are very low, very weird. Yeah, like have... you can break into somebody's house during the day and steal their stuff, and that's fine. But don't do it at night. I, yeah. yeah, you're probably going to upset some demon. Well, uh, the thing is, you could go, like, if I wanted to go steal something from you, Frank, I could. But then I would be in a contract with you to pay you back in a, within a certain amount of time. And if I didn't, then I'd become your slave. So it's like I was allowed. I could just go steal your shit. But, I, you know, then it was a contract by Jewish law. Okay. Huh. Yeah, yeah see, it's crazy. That, I, we, we should go into that one night. Yeah. We should find, yeah. we should find, we should compile all the, the Jewish laws. That'll You talk about an eggshell show. That yeah, would be yeah. that would be a great one. No, just have uh, someone you know that's Jewish come in and then have them. They can say whatever they want about it. There you go. <sighs> You're right. We can do that, and then you'll be able to as well because they said you can. Yeah, I mean, you can. I don't see how talking about like old Jewish laws is is, is negative in any way whatsoever. Oh, oh, I, I, I'm not saying that it is inherently negative. I'm just saying. But once, yeah, it is an eggshell thing. But once you once you start talking about Jewish anything, it's just like this can go 
real bad real quick. <laughs> real quick. I mean, I love the Jews. So. <laughs> yes, let's just put it out there. Yeah. Just make sure. Yeah, oh, hey, listen to this one, though. And I, th- I, I actually appreciate this. Houston law forbids women to appear on the streets with cosmetics on. I like that one. This is almost like a, um, an anti-false advertising law. Yeah, yeah. stop yeah. tricking us into thinking you're pretty when we know what's up. <laughs> Listen, <clears throat> it was either that or some someone, like some hot shot, whatever, thought he was getting a prostitute and it turned out to be a, <laughs> a male prostitute. Well, instead. still a prostitute. Thought he was getting a woman, he got a man. Yeah, but now yeah. you can't cover your manly face up with makeup. Well, I'll put you. I'll put it to you this way. Over the week, over this last week, I read a article from New York Post. It was not really an article. It was just a, I don't know. So many of these things that come out are just compilation of video links. Now it's it's really annoying. But anyway, it was about this one girl on TikTok who does uh, like these makeovers for herself. She makes herself look completely ugly and like like just just wrecked. She makes herself look wrecked. And then she goes to a bar, and she tries hitting on guys, and guess what? They all reject her. And then she comes back looking absolutely, like, angelic and, uh, and tries to, like, I don't know, I guess it's to, like, teach men a lesson. About what? what? Like, what? I, I'm looking at this. I'm saying, how about you stay in the ugly costume for a year? How about she stays in the ugly, ugly costume for an entire year? No, no, no. I only want to be ugly for the minimum amount of time. I like being hot. That's you really can't trust it. You can't trust it because I'll, I, I know a lot of dudes that will take an ugly woman home. I mean, like, like most ugly women can go to the bar and find a dude pretty quick. So, dude, and here's the other thing. They call it this. This one chick called it catfishing, and I yeah. wanted to. And I'm start. I started a thread here, and we're going to be building up a thread for till we can do a show on this. I wanted to start getting everybody's catfish stories. I we have a, a terrifying catfish story. Uh, it was actually really weird. Um, very very weird. It happened to us around 2010, but it started around 2007. Very weird. And I want to start getting that because this this girl's like, well, I've been catfishing people who are so shallow and all that stuff. Like, oh, it's, it's such a. Meanwhile, yeah. just promoting yourself the whole time. Talk about shallow. That's an that's an interesting story, and that that kind of catfishing thing is it's becoming a huge problem. I mean, you just going online, you see like fifty different people pretending to be a hot chick, like every day. That's most of the internet. Yeah, because I mean, you're gonna get followers if you pretend to be a hot chick. Yeah. No, you're right. All right. Well, listen. Uh, listen. You are always a very, very wonderful guest here, Ping. Oh, thank you, Frankie. And uh, this is the last time we're going to speak before August ends. So I got to get you on the schedule for either September or a nice, cozy October date. Either way, please let everybody know what you got coming up. I, I always love your release schedule and all that. So go ahead and and, and let us know what you're working on now. Well, I put out a new video yesterday. Um, yeah, just go over to Pink Trip, P-I-N-G-T-R-1-P. And uh, right now, I might start doing some more live streams here in a month or two. So if you want, if you like the live streams, but uh, mostly just putting out funny videos. Good. Good. Yeah. Keep making us laugh, man, because it's... I try. It's these little mini staycations when you do it, and it's it's very wonderful thing. But uh, Thank you, Frank. Thanks for everything, man. It's great to have you on again. We'll talk soon. Thank you for having me. All Take right. Care. Take care, brother. 
Hey, ladies and gentlemen, there we go. Matt, another nice night with Ping Trip. What do you think can, about that? Can we watch his new video, or is that... Sure, I, I'll go find... I'm going to take a break. I'll go intermission. I'll go find his new video. We'll watch it together. We'll do some Babylon B, and then I want to do this other article about TWA 800, and I'll tell you why it relates to some of the, the, the things we discussed tonight with that wonderful article by Aristophane, and... Um, and yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. It's Friday night, and it's not even the last night of the week. We'll be on tomorrow night, 10 o'clock, for the Saturday night special. Should be a great time. BRB. Welcome to Intermission. We'll, we'll be right back. Quite frankly. 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 Not quite. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. Yeah. Quite frankly, in Roma, Italia. Quite frankly, you're going on Frank's show tonight? I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch. Quite frankly. With Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you? Okay, Matt, I got to tell you a story. I got to tell you a story. This is, you want to, there's another story of synchronicity and weird and everything is just being so odd these days. Personally, for me, this has been a, a really odd year. Um, I always enjoy my work. I always enjoy my family and I enjoy my friends when they're around and I, I'm just, uh, I'm very grateful for that because it keeps me grounded and, uh, and into that into that fray I also put this audience because they are all so very closely closely connected but it's been very weird especially with watching Skip go into such quick de decline and uh, the suffering and the all that stuff and just last night I feel like I was I, I had to say so up until this point I believe I had to say goodbye to thinking Skip was going to die on any given night, maybe about three times, there was a moment where I think he's going, I think this is it. And 
sometimes I'm at his bedside and other times it's just it's through the phone and it's at odd times and they have to put him in, into another emergency surgery and it's another thing's wrong and and it's it's been really really exhausting and and um, I don't know it's it's just tormenting last night I am on we're preparing for our show we have an 8:10 time for our set to begin you were there of course I'm sitting on the drum throne now it is about 8 8 or it's about 8 10 and then we're gonna start at 8 12 we're two minutes away from just starting the first song so I sit down I'm putting my earbuds in I got my monitors on everything's going well we're ready to rock out and uh, prior to Prior to going live or prior to going to the, the venue, I had a doctor from the, the hospital call me, his surgeon, that said, listen, we, um, you know, he's refusing all of his, uh, all he, now he had fluid building up behind his lungs last night and other things that were going wrong. And the doc surgeon says, he's refusing all this stuff. I just wanted to know how far you wanted to go with this because, you know, we, if we were going to do a little bit more, something more aggressive, then I said, listen, listen, doctor, um, I'm only... I got to advocate for his sober mind and his sober mind says he wants to fight. So if there's something you have to do, then just put him out. If the local anesthetic, uh, the local anesthetic is not going to work to drain him, then put him out, whatever. He goes, okay, all right, we'll, we'll do what we got to do. Then he called, then I'm sitting down and, um, I get a call from a doctor on the drum seat two minutes before we start playing. Cause I see Greenwich hospital pop up or whatever the hell it is. And I said, oh, shit, now what? So I, I picked it up, and it's the surgeon. The surgeon saying, this new surgeon that's coming in to do this, and he says, uh, you know, Frank, we, we're here with your stepfather, and we need, we need your permission to go ahead with everything, and then you have to know the risks. I said, I said doctor, listen, I'm, uh, I just want to let you right now, let you know right now you have permission to do everything that you need to do, and I wish you the best of luck. And I, I'm hoping for the best, but I, I'm going on, uh, I'm going on stage now, and I, you know, and he goes, okay, okay, so that's that's a that's a good um, permission. Just want to let you know the risks. Uh, he's very sick right now; he got a lot of fluid, and you know, I don't think that he's going to die, but he may not make it. So I said, I said, I, I, he may not make it. I, he's very weak. He, every, every, he's such a complex, complex case right now with so many things failing, and this is. I'm sitting there on the drums, and I said, "Well, thank thank you, and and like I said, Godspeed, and and please uh, work work well on him." He says, "We will do." So I hung up, put the phone down, put the earplugs back in, and then again, I'm saying I'm saying goodbye again as I'm playing the drums, and we played a great set. I got a lot out. I I wish I can get bad news while on the drums. I'm on the drum set a lot because I was able to just let it flow right out of me, but. Right now, I got a text message from our bassist, Derek. And Derek said, Frank, you're not going to believe this. He said, check your Voxer. So during the, during the break, I went to my, my Voxer application, and I'm listening to it with all of his voice notes. Derek is out for the night on a boat. He's out, um, I don't know, he's just out having a night out. Friday night on a boat. And he's there, and he's talking about how he, he's talking about the gig last night to some of his friends on the boat. And he tells, he just tells us right now that there is a doctor there on the boat who, let's see, hold on. Let me see if I can get it from, you want to talk about small world? Oh, dude, that's. Listen to this. Hold on. Listen, listen to this. This is Derek. I love Derek's voice. 
He's just very. Wait, listen. Phone call right before. Come on. Right when he Play the whole damn thing. I mean, Frank got a phone call right before. <laughs> right when he went on stage and we're about to start. Frank got a call from a doctor for for his stepfather, Skip. And Frank Frank is sitting behind the drums. And he's on the phone. I'm ready to hit play. And Frank is like, yes, doc. All right, go ahead. You know, do what you got to do. I give consent, whatever. And he goes, yeah, I, I can't really talk for too long because I'm about to play a show. I'm about to go live. So, yeah, go. I give you consent. Whatever procedure that Skip had to get done yesterday, the doctor that called him is... Like Bobby, like Bobby and all these guys, like it's their best friend. So I'm sitting on a boat next to the doctor that worked on Skip last night. He's on a boat with the doctor that worked on Skip last night. Oh, now Skip's gonna get extra special care now. Talk about small world. Oh, that's that's just weird. That, that that just happened right now. Derek better tell him, you know, Doc, listen. You don't fix them. Next time we're on this boat, it's gonna be one less man coming ashore. <laughs> I was I was looking at um I, I I'll tell you there's a lot of weird things that happened last night. Um, for for one, because I, I you know let's go to some super chats. I know somebody's gonna ask about it. Hold on, we'll get to that in a second. Stostubes four minutes ago. Thank you, Stostube. Claire Bear, first thought. For your shirt, uh, first thought your shirt said "Bada Bing." I never got, I never got a Bada Bing shirt. I would love that. No, this is the Bang Bang Bar. This is a Twin Peaks reference. Cody says the universe created itself out of nothing or something very small. Sam Harris. That was he actually said that. This was brought up. This was brought up to E. Michael Jones on the E. Michael Jones show, an actual intellectual, for being the dumbest statement in the history of philosophy. Sam isn't an intellectual. Well, then I stand corrected. That is fucking ridiculous. The universe created itself out of nothing or something very small. Sam Harris. Well, he sounded like a dumbass in that clip, too. And, you know, speaking of A. Cody, I want to give a big shout out to, quite frankly, TV network producer Cody who just welcomed his third child to the world I think last night or this morning congratulations to you Cody um, with that being said let's move on Fatboy Vince says have a great time on vacation I think I'll kill myself while you're gone don't do that <laughs> he's, he's, he's invoking you don't do that I'll be back before you know it Phil's WW says good evening Frank uh, good evening Francis suck it king oh uh-oh. He doesn't like when anybody calls me Francis except you. Uh, well, uh, we, we love him as much as you do. Hello, Matt. If you're on so, tonight, I hope Kitty is doing well. Have a good night, gents. We'll have to listen in the morning. God bless. She's sleeping. She's sleeping. Crack your barrel, says Frank. Uh, don't be don't be tough on old Sammy Harris tonight. His mom was the creator of the hot TV series Golden Girls. Really? Huh. So give him a red hair of slack. Thank you for being a friend. I, I actually love the Golden Girls, to be honest. Yeah, it's a great show. I, I can watch. I can watch the Golden Girls all night. Yes, with their snarky banter. They do it well. Here is a here's a um, a super chat from fiscally conservative, socially retarded. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. 
I just want to say that you are doing a great job, Frank. You are you get better and better each show. P.S. Notice that I called you Frank so King wouldn't get upset. <laughs> I hope the King is upset is uh is happy with the uh, he's put the fear of God in everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. B. Mulaney. This is the one that's been digging in on, on you. Yeah, he's the one that started I know, it's definitely <coughs> him. He started the whole rumor. I have evidence that it's him. No, 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 no. See, yeah, no, I have evidence that he started the whole rumor. No. I have evidence. I have I that, have a man on the inside. Then you're forgetting. You're forgetting how this all started. It started because I found out that Timothy Alberino is a cat. And then this uh, Mulaney, this Irish fellow, he works for Timmy. It all started with you speculating as to why Tim did not answer the cat person comment straight on. And we all figured out it's because he's a cat. We've seen him, like, look, and his eyes dart when he's on the camera. He... <laughs> oh, can you imagine if he would see, like, a moth or a, a fruit fly, and you see... And he just, he just gets locked? You see his eyes dilate? I would, I would do anything for that to be real. <laughs> I would do anything for that to be real. That would make my entire month, whatever month I was in. Yeah, but Mulaney, he's uh, he's one of uh, Tim's uh, henchmen. Well, anyway, he says, thanks for another great week of pure fire, Frank. I hope the gig went well last night. Love you, man. Well, thank you, B. It's great to have you. Great to have you out there. And I, I must say, something weird happened. Another thing that weird. Weird things happened yesterday. Before the gig, before the gig yesterday, I met and became really good friends with the uh, town, um, the the tick. What's him called? The um, uh, the the parking enforcement officer that works around here. The young kid or no, the lady? The older guy. He's an older guy. Uh, he, he's from the Bronx. Okay, so I was sitting out. Uh, I was out there. I came to the studio to grab some drum equipment that I was going to bring to the gig, and I had just bought my parking ticket. And, you know, this is the, the new things where you put the license plate number into the machine. So you don't even need to put the ticket on display, but I did it anyway. And as I threw the ticket onto the dashboard and I closed the door, he's walking over to me and he, um, and he says, that was a very intelligent move. No one does that anymore. I do that. And um, I say, well, you know, I, I, I say, well, why the hell not? And I know that the, the uh, things, the numbers are entered in, the license number are entered in anyway, but I, I just like to have a, a little bit more... A little bit more on my side, something physical. And we started talking about, he loved that intelligent move, my very intelligent move of putting it in the dashboard, and we just started talking. And it got to the point where I said, well, I'm just here for a moment to grab some some equipment for a gig that I'm going to go play. He goes, oh, yeah, what do you play? I'm a drummer. So is he. He's 70 years old now. He's from the Bronx. He's a drummer. He told me a few crazy stories he got from the music world. I told him I would love for him to be a guest on the show. This guy, his name is John. He's an old school uh, guy, you know, Italian guy. And But the conversation started so amazing. I said, I would love to have you on my show tonight. So I don't know when it's going to be. It'll definitely be like a Friday night or something. You should be here for it. I'm going to have the, uh, the, parking, the parking enforcement guy on the show. <laughs> He's a great guy. But here's the weird thing that happened at the show. We go and we play our set. We do a good job. Then the band after us, they're a younger band. Like, like, were they I, good? They were very talented. They are very talented, but they played a very long time. Uh, I think that was a pretty rookie mistake. Like, we got off around 9, 
nine ten or something, and they played until eleven o'clock, and they really, you know. I, I, that's, I think that was a very rookie mistake, if you ask me. But whatever, if you got the time, you can use it. Anyway, after everything stopped, I couldn't leave a shade early because I told the drummer, his name was Ethan, of the band after us, that, um, hey, man, I'm going to leave this drum, my the fan that I bring up there to keep behind the drum set so I can stay cool and all that. I'm going to leave this fan up there for you so you can. He goes, oh, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. When I say that this band is young, I think only the singer is a female singer. I think only she was legal age to drink. Everybody else looked, they had baby faces on. I'm talking 17, 18, 19. All right. Here we are in our mid to late 30s. And um, so I'm, I'm, I'm like, all right, well, I guess we're going to stay. They can't be staying out that late. Boy, did they, pr- they pushed it to 11 o'clock. But anyway, I go up to them afterwards to collect my fan, but to also, you know, handshakes all around tell him you guys did a great job and his name is Ethan he says Frank uh, uh, can, uh, do you mind if I store your number in my phone I, I, I love to keep you in my phone I said uh, I said oh okay and as uh, as I'm storing the number he says yeah yeah I'm um, I'm uh, you know sometimes I can't make these gigs and I'd love for you to fill in for me and I, I as I'm putting my number in his phone I'm like come on man I mean, obviously, I've, I've, what am I supposed to tell, tell this kid? Uh, listen, Ethan, I'm flattered, but I will never play drums in your band, especially since I'm 20 years older than everybody. <laughs> it would look like he, he asked his assistant principal at school to be the drummer. You would be Dwight Schrute in uh, The Rocker. Yeah, the yeah. Rock, Rain Wilson in The Rocker. That's exactly what I thought about. I said, oh, man. <laughs> so that, that was very weird. Can you imagine that? I, I never had a drummer of a band after us Say hey, can I can I have your uh, your number in case I can't show up to a gig? Yeah, you can play our two-hour set, bro. No, no, thank you. So uh, I will always be busy on those nights if he ever does text what me. What kind of music was it? For young kids, they had really eclectic taste, and they went back and they they took a lot from late '60s, '70s rock kind of kind of uh, feels. Uh, you can tell that they were. I mean, they they play like Mississippi Queen and. Huh. And you can tell that she, the, the, the singer, she was really influenced by that kind of Janis Joplin approach. Um, but, you know, they, they got a lot of growing to do. They got potential. They're, ve- they're very musically proficient, but they've got, they got uh, potential. That's what I'll say. And it's, it's nice to see that younger generation is, in, is interested in the, the, older, the older things. Yeah, yeah. But you got to be able to dip back into what was old, make it new again, and actually bring something new to the table. It doesn't. Um, you can't just. You can't just duplicate the sound, no matter how much you you sound it, or uh, how good you sound, or else you're gonna you're gonna be lacking in something. But they're very young, and they got a lot of playing to do. So I'm sure they'll figure it out. All right, let's go over to. To Rumble. Selling the farm says when I try to go to your. Super Chat, it redirects to Tipistream and some YouTube something. Okay, let me do this again. Quite frankly, superchat.com. It, why? This is exactly what it's supposed to be. It is supposed to be Tipistream. Look. You go to quite frankly superchat.com and there you are. 
that's exactly what it's supposed to look like. I just didn't want to give you a miles-long Tipistream URL. That's why I bought the URL that was simple and easy to remember and forwarded it, forwarded it to this. So yes, it does work. If the link is not clickable, if YouTube keeps killing the link, then just copy and paste it into a browser tab and you're good to go. That won't change. Okay, I'll do some foxhole in a little bit. It's 8.35. Now I want to do... Um, let's do some Babylon B. <laughs> and then... Uh, let's do some Babylon B. And then we're going to go to the TWA 800. First one's up. Zelensky gives impassioned plea for more U.S. money while wearing fur coat and a gold <laughs> chain. <laughs> it never ends with that guy, does it? Here's another one. After seeing the, the, the jump in Trump's poll numbers, Biden orders FBI to raid his house, too. <laughs> they never miss. They never miss. She-Hulk. This is apparently really bad, the She-Hulk movie. She-Hulk, attorney at law, employs state-of-the-art CGI to make it look like a woman can be a lawyer. There's, like, there's a couple of jokes there. That's you mean funny. That's, not, that's not good, that show? I heard it's awful. Oh, well, I would have figured it would have been really good yeah, and believable. Here you go. People are basically good, says man unfamiliar <laughs> with people. Overweight man reassures doctor that 8.5% weight inflation is no longer a problem as his weight inflation this month is zero. That's a great way of putting it, actually. Catholics unveil high-capacity assault rosary. I got to get me one of those. My old grandmother's my uh, my old grandmother's uh, rosary here is just not cutting it anymore. I don't think I'll be able to mow people down as well. Hillary Clinton spotted desperately trying to refill Lake Mead before more bodies surface. <laughs> this is tremendous. Good stuff. Another one. Stelter forced out at CNN after being accused of sexual <laughs> harassment by Mrs. Potato. <laughs> Mrs. Potato Head, I should say. I fucking hate that guy. Well, he lost his job. With his stupid face. Progressive mother tells daughter that she's beautiful just the way she is. Unless she's trans, in which she'll need extensive <laughs> plastic surgery. <laughs> one last one. I'm not dead yet, insists Biden as he's loaded. <laughs> 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 I'm not dead yet, insists Biden, as he's loaded onto a cart of corpses. <laughs> All right, one more. These are really good. Church puzzled by low attendance as it as it's sit around and talk about your feelings men's conference. I guess that's going on. I don't know. Man in his 30s, still waiting for a breakthrough moment where he knows what he's doing. <laughs> I guess it's uh, relatable. Trump voter excited to see whether he'll get raided by the FBI or gunned. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to be able to get through these without not, without breaking down. Trump voter excited to see whether he'll be raided by the FBI or gunned down by the IRS. <laughs> That's what this guy said in an interview. Look at him. Yeah, he's, he's all excited. He just can't wait to see. <laughs> can't wait to see what the future holds for him. Uh, kindergarten teacher asks kids what gender they want to be when they grow up. 
Pro oh, this is great. Yeah. This is great. Producers confirm Liz Cheney will not be back for season two of the January 6th hearings. You, you know, it's funny because Jan uh, um, Liz Cheney and that, that freak Adam Kinzinger, they were the only two Republicans on this thing. They, they are what made... Yeah. That they were what made it all bipartisan. Uh, I wonder who's going to who's going to replace them. Well, yeah, Shitfinger's not uh, running again. He knows he's yeah. going to lose. Oh yeah, he he saved himself the indignity of getting blown out. Liz Cheney is a glutton yeah. for punishment. Yeah. Um, Stupid shithead she is. You're right. Well, let's take a really quick break. When we come back, we're going to do this American Thinker article about the TWA 800. So this is going to be a great way to end. Uh, we'll talk about a tragedy in the air, so don't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. Hi. Hi. Is this line for heterosexuals only? Uh, no. Good, because... I'm gay. <laughs> they tell your kids they got to love Justin Bieber, and uh, you know, uh, and then your children are turned into mindless vassals. They they look up to some twit instead of looking up to Nikola Tesla or looking up to uh, to Magellan. I mean, kids, Magellan's a lot cooler than Justin Bieber. He circumnavigated with one ship the entire planet. He was killed by wild natives before they got back to Portugal. And when they got back, there was only like 11 people alive of the 200-and-something crew, and the entire ship was rotting down to the waterline. That's destiny. That's will. That's striving. That's being a trailblazer and explore. Going into space, mathematics, quantum mechanics, the secrets of the universe. It's all there. Life is fiery with its beauty. It's incredible detail. Tuning into it. They want to shut of your mind talking about Justin Bieber! Ah! So here we go. We are uh, we're coming down the home stretch here, and I want to play. Well, I don't want to play. I want to read something with you guys because I think it'd be nice. I think it'd be a good addendum to tonight's theme. A good drummer on battle. And here it is, the TWA 800. Now, why do I bring this up? Number one, it's a recent article that I think is just really interesting. In in itself but the fact that we were talking about this uh, accidental revolution now, I don't know how accidental you can even say it is I think it's just a matter of time just a matter of time 
But when it comes to the accidental revolution and what the internet provided as far as a forum for people to ask questions that would otherwise be squelched out or dominated by a centralized media, whether it be print or radio, television, whatever, and this all of a sudden became a, a dark horse candidate that would rise to the, the, the place that it had been come 2016, a world-changing agent. And now here we are. I want to bring this up because A, it's fascinating as hell, and um, and B, uh, we were we were 12 when this happened, Matt. You might have been, I don't know if you were a year older, but this was thought to be by many the first so-called conspiracy cover-up that the internet took on. This was the plane that exploded above the Hudson that was caught on video. This was the Back over when over we were younger Long Island Sound over the Sound over Long and Island it was Sound caught on video, right? And you saw the thing, yeah. I don't know how much of it was caught on video, but you got to listen to this. The TWA 800 whistleblower is legit, they say. Now, this is, and remember, ladies and gentlemen, this is 1996. <coughs> In 1996, I checked, there were approximately 20 million American adults that had access to the Internet. All right? Um, I think that about just as many as that subscribe to satellite radio today. Uh, I think in 1996, I just got my first Juno email account. It was free, but you can only send one email at a time. With every dial-up, the modem went and it sent one email, yeah. and then uh, so that's what it was. was. In July '96, I was setting home run records in my backyard with a ball field. That's because I wasn't there to pitch. Yeah. And then the, the one game we came to play, the one doubleheader we played in your backyard, I was accused of taking PEDs and banned from showing up again. How how incredibly convenient! You you yeah. never submitted a, a, a urine sample. I'm not I'm not going to be put under that kind of scrutiny because it's you, not me. It's the wiffle ball chancellor, which is you. That's this not yeah. It's not me. I'm not. So we know how that that league works. All right, here we go. The headline is TWA 800 whistleblower is legit. This is by Jack Cashel, August 8th of this year. In the past few weeks, I have received numerous inquiries about 10-year Navy veteran William Henry Teal III. After years of quietly providing information to me and other investigators into the July 1996 destruction of TWA Flight 800 off the coast of Long Island, Teal has gone public and is naming names. I shared some of Teal's information in my 2016 book, TWA 800, The Crash, The Cover-Up, The Conspiracy. Teal did not claim to be on the ship that fired the missile. He was on the USS Carr, a guided missile frigate that was one of the combatants in the battle group that destroyed the unfortunate 747 and killed 230 souls on board. Everything that I could verify about Teal's account back then checked out. So this is where we are right now. That this was a, a, a United States um, naval group that accidentally shot down the uh, the commercial jet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember, dude. I remember this like very well. This it, whole thing. Well, because I I just remember they're looking for black boxes. Nobody knew yeah. what was going on. They blamed it on a fuselage problem or whatever. I don't remember any of this. I remember it all. I remember like watching on the news, like the interviews, the first people saying that they saw a fucking missile fly up and shoot it. And I'm pretty sure that there was, is, a video of it. But am I am I wrong in 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 remembering that all of those reports were dismissed and 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 suppressed? Because I don't remember. I don't, if if it was, it wasn't dismissed like it would have been nowadays. 
Well, like I said, nowadays there there have been ten thousand people with footage. There have been a lot more. I don't know. I don't know what was going on. I just I remember. I would remember if that was the conclusion that was being made there. I just remember a lot of mystery. It was a mystery what happened, and people were trying to say. I think it was shot down, but uh, it was one of those things where we'll never know. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention. I was only twelve. But anyway, in the six years since since the 2016 book, uh, Teal had reached out to many of his fellow sailors and fleshed out his account. Although he has appeared on several podcasts in recent weeks, his uninterrupted narrative on the Duke Report is the most compelling. I would welcome those with relevant experience to contact me through my website to offer your assessment of Teal's account or to provide additional information. Uh, in the way of in the way of background, Teal joined the Navy in 1994. In 96, according to his Navy transcript, he was serving as a seaman apprentice, uh, re- uh, receiving advanced training in specialized Navy occupations. Teal training Teal's training went uh, well enough that in 1998 he was made an operations specialist, one who quote operates radar and associated equipment, identifies and maintains a display of the movement of ships, aircraft, missiles, and natural objects detected by observing a radar. End quote. In 1999 he was made an instructor. As to the USS Carr, after the undergoing major upgrades in 1995, the ship began a combat systems ship qualification test, the goal of which was to certify her newly installed MK-92 Mod 6 fire control system. In early 1996, according to a Navy history site, this testing ultimately led to two highly suggest, uh, successful dual missile firing exercises in the North Puerto Rican operations area. On July 12, 1996, just five days before the disaster, Commander Keith L. Ray took control of the ship. The car, history, then skips from July 12th to November 25th, 1996, when the car got underway from Norfolk, Virginia, with the, uh, with the Teddy Roosevelt Battle Group. The real story is what happened between those dates. On the evening of July 17th, 1996, as Teal relates, the car was trying out some new AN Spy-1 Alpha radar, as well as AN SPS-49 radar for this simulated air attack. The target was to be a drone pulled by military aircraft using thousand or so foot chain. Teal was among the personnel monitoring this activity within the ship's combat information center. It is in its November 1996 summary, the FBI acknowledged that three submarines, the USS Normandy, USS Tripang, and USS Albuquerque, were in the immediate vicinity of the crash site. So too, said the FBI, were the USS Normandy, an Aegis cruiser, and U.S. Navy P-3 Orion. The P-3, in fact, just happened to be flying about 7,000 feet above the TWA-800 when the plane was blown out of the sky. Teal puts the USS Carr in this group as well. Although he had not said so publicly, Teal strongly believes that the USS Leyte Gulf, another Ticonderoga-class guided missile cruiser, was involved. With Teal confirming there was a drone in the mix, the USS Navy had all the combatants needed for a cooperative engagement capability missile test. In 1996, the Navy was in the process of introducing this enormously complex system. The CEC was created to integrate the information coming from each of the combatant sensors, range, bearing, elevation, Doppler updates, etc., and feed the integrated picture back to the individual combatants. In the CEC live fire test, which began early as 1994 in Puerto Rico, drones played a role of unknown assumed enemy. 
The P3's role was to relay data among the various units involved. In this way, the teal, uh, as Teal explains, one ship can track the assumed enemy and another ship could fire. Teal described the assumed enemy as a low, slow flyer flying around a, a slow, slow flyer flying toward us. The tragedy that followed would likely have been averted had not air traffic control held the Paris-bound TWA-800 at 13,700 feet to allow U.S. Air 217 heading north to pass safely overhead. Quote, I believe we jumped the gun, said Teal. We had a track on a contact that came out of, the, uh, came out of that fit. Oh, wait, wait. We had a track on the contact that came out that fit the profile that we were given. TWA-800 became the assumed enemy, said Teal. It matched the drill. So two missiles were fired. Over the headset, Teal heard the announcement, quote, birds away. A few minutes later, he heard splash, meaning the missiles had hit the target. Soon after that, he heard someone say, whoa, whoa, whoa. And another person added, wait a minute, we hit an Airbus. Jeez. That's 230 people gone. Yeah. In fact, eight years earlier, at the tail end of the Iran-Iraq War, an Aegis cruiser, the USS Vincennes, fired two standard missiles at a commercial Iranian Airbus, IR-655, and IR-655 had reached 13,500 feet, a, f- a final altitude almost identical to TWA-800. Captain Will Rogers III gave the order to fire. Rogers and his crew had mistaken the ascending passenger jet with 290 people on board for a descending Iranian F-14, a fighter plane. Stuff happens, I guess. The stuff that happened on the night of July 17, 1996, outraged Teal's company, uh, Captain Ray, or his CO, sorry, sorry, CO, commanding officer, uh, uh, outraged Teal's CO, Captain Ray. These, uh, these have got to be the dumbest idiots I've ever seen in my life, Teal remembers Ray saying. How do you ide- accidentally fire a missile? You don't know the color? You don't know the color of missiles? One is blue, one is white. Blue meaning training, white meaning live. You've got to be stupid to put a white on the, uh, to put a white on the rail. Although his memory as to which ship was responsible is admittedly uncertain, Teal believes it was the Leyte Gulf. Despite the long-established mandate that neighboring ships rush to the scene of an accident, the car turned tail and headed out to sea at top speed. So that's like a hit and run, too. Hit and run to, to boot. Teal's leading petty officer made it so clear that he was to say nothing of what he saw or heard, and then issued the order, pull the RD-390 tapes, close all position log books, including the bridges, tape them and leave them on the DRT table, end quote. The documents were taken to a place called the Shred Room, where they were destroyed using salt water and a shredder. Quote, we ran to Bermuda, where we were not allowed to leave the ship, no phone calls, emails secured, nothing was to be discussed, said Teal. Everyone that was involved was told in CIC this did not happen. As far as the major media is concerned, it never did. Okay, so then I'm not, I'm not, I'm not crazy. The media never reported on this. Uh, it, it, I think it had picked up people's people's testimony of seeing the first because people they where it was there was people outside eating at like uh restaurants and shit so they interviewed i remember specifically i can tell you right now the guy was in a fucking blue like one of those old jean you know those jean style things and he said oh we saw a fucking missile fly up and hit the plane and then it exploded yeah 
You see, th- those are the testimonies that I heard on television, but they were never latched onto and really followed through. It was just people saw this, people saw that, but the official narrative never went there. It was never really um, validated in that in that in kind of a big way. And now you have these whistleblowers. That is an that's an incredible story, and it's it's harrowing. Jeez. Yeah. Maybe that's why they got uh, 9/11 too. There was no one to intercept them to fire missiles at the plane. Yeah, if they were if they were uh, TWA Airbuses, they'd they'd have gone down before they hit the uh, buildings. Jeez, man. And like I said, the reason why I brought this up is a, it's an incredible, it's an incredible story, something that many of us live through, but b. This, 1996, with uh, millions of Americans starting to access the internet and all of the, all of the message boards and people talking about current events and piecing things together. This was one of the first events that really people picked up. I remember that. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. That's it for tonight. So I want to make sure I get everybody on Foxhole. We have a great night on QuiteFrankly.tv uh, ready for you. So let's get to the Super Chats, the... The gold pills. Sean Joe, thank you for the cookie. Uh, Falk, Falkelin says, Bongino calls them stupid smart people, most dangerous of people. Yes. Yes, they believe their own hype. C. Blanche, Sam has TDS, smart but stupid as fuck. Yeah, the, the, that, that, the Sam Harris thing, that is the most, so one of the most severe uh, displays of TDS I've ever seen. Thank you, Janice, for the cookie. Falkalon again says 3:30 in the Dr. McCullough interview on Dark to Light today. You um, are you going to incorporate the quite frankly? Oh 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 oh. When he says quite frankly, yeah. Well, um, maybe maybe that's right, everybody. If you go to RadioInfluence.com, I forgot because we didn't record today. Uh, Tracy did a new update interview with Dr. Peter McCullough. He actually contacted the show. And she had to jump on it with them right away, so I couldn't be there for the interview. But it's all right. It's Dr. Peter McCullough, and it's some really good stuff. It's on RadioInfluence.com. You can listen to that bonus over the weekend. Check it out. Look for the Dark to Light podcast listings. Darling USA 1, I don't understand going catfishing. Why is it a bad thing? Catfish. I don't know. Never mind, Frank. Someone just explained to me what catfishing is. Yes, no. Catfishing is when you present to yourself... Or you have someone present themselves of someone that they're not. Uh, it happens a lot more on the internet because there's ways of hiding who you truly are. And it can be really, really scary. Uh, sometimes people do it for monetary gain. Other times they do it for just trolling and um, emotional vampirism. We've got one hell of a story. So I will be collecting those. So go to the Quite Frankly forum and look for anything that, quite frankly, me posts as a show thread and please we're looking for doctors we're looking for everybody here are some of the show threads that are active right now and I I should post these over the weekend as a little bit of a a bonus we are looking for nurse and doctor tales from the field things that you have seen that are funny that are weird strange creepy or gross okay so that's a show thread for the nurses or doctors medical professionals we want your best stories have you ever been catfished that is an open thread right now on the forum We have a recurring dreams repository that is open on the forum. That is just a place where you can just go and drop your recurring dreams. It doesn't matter how benign or weird or whatever they are. Uh, Strange things you found or seen in the woods. That's open. And also, 
the very controversial, but we'll do this on a Saturday night, walking in on your parents doing it. Your trauma is our comedy. So uh, get onto the forum this weekend, and in the meantime, get to quitefrankly.tv and enjoy yourselves a night that is coming your way in just a few moments. First, Dooku Dan on superchat.com, quite frankly, superchat says, Air wrist, uh, air Aristoph. Wait, wait, Aristophanes. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I did I say Aristophanes tonight? My bad. I I the last time he was on, I said Aristophanes the whole time. Then I looked at it and I feel like an idiot now. Thank you for sharing it, Frank. Have a great vacation. Hey, you got it. Anytime. Now I can go back. Maybe I can edit the entire video and and dub in Aristophanes. Of course, tonight would be the night that I said it once and kept screwing it up. Silky Johnson, hey, Frank, what did you think of the Better Call Saul ending? Can you suggest some good starting points to better understand the climate change narrative that they tried to push on us? Cheers, gent. Uh, cheers, gents. Wait, climate change narrative like this one? Wait, with Better Call Saul? I can't talk about Better Call Saul for, for maybe about another week or so. Just in like one week. Because I'm, I, I have to give Abe some time to finish it. He's in the middle of the, uh, the thing, and I'm just going to give it a couple more days. But as far as climate change, maybe I, should, I can just ask that of Jim Lee. I would say go to Jim Lee. Climateviewer.com. Mizo says, one for the money. Wow, Mizo, thank you so much for the support. Thank you so, so very much. I, uh, I appreciate you, and, and thank you for being a part of it all tonight. Uh, Matt, what is that little duchess doing? She wants to play. Show her to everybody. She's scratchy right now because she wants to get down and run. Let's see. Look at you. Hold her up to the... Uh... <laughs> That's Duchess, huh? Duchess Leona, destroyer of worlds. Duchess Leona, destroyer of worlds. I don't know, man. She looks like she has rabies. Does she have rabies? No. No, she doesn't have rabies. Okay. Well, anyway, Duchess, it was great seeing you. Everybody's very happy. And that's it for tonight. Oh, Matt, before you leave, you have to sign those papers that I'm sending out that were raffled off. And uh, thank you all so much. Thank you for another night. I'll see you tomorrow night, 10 o'clock. I think Matt might be here. We have, we have a half hour with Human Vibration. We'll be talking about some otherworldly cosmic stuff, and then we'll just get into some funny, funny across-the-board craziness, and we'll have hookahs blazing. It'll be a great night, so I hope you can join us for a Saturday night special to make up for our absence last night. Good night, ladies and gents, and please go over to quitefrankly.tv and enjoy the evening with whatever the network crew has put together for you, and tip your waitresses. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is film before a live studio audience. And now, our super chatters. Dooku Dan and Aristophanes. Silky Johnson, Mizo, Stostube, Claire Bear, 
Cody, Fat Boy Vince, Phil's WW, Crack Your Barrel, and Fiscally Conservative, Socially Retarded. Thank you so... Oh, oh, I'm sorry. B. Mulaney 74. Thank you all so much for this week. I cannot wait to kick off the weekend with you tomorrow. Have a good one. Let this be your motto through life.